Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CrossPods podcast. I'm Lydia Champole, and I'm super excited to announce our newest partnership with ZipRecruiter. Do you need to hire somebody? I know that it's tough finding the perfect candidate for a new position. Going through applications, resumes, and job boards, it just takes up way too much time. ZipRecruiter can and will simplify this whole process for you. They send your open jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job sites and use their powerful matching technology to scan thousands of resumes to help you find the perfect candidate. Not only that, they also invite the candidates that match your posting to apply for your job and you can even add screening questions so that you can spend less time searching and more time focusing on the best applicants. It's so simple and effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. As a thank you for listening to the CrossBots podcast, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash the CrossPods or by heading over to the CrossPods.com and using our ZipRecruiter link at the top of the page. This week, we will be playing you an episode of the Badass Dad podcast. Hosted by Ryan Dunn, the Badass Dad podcast aims to remind you that no matter what age you are, you've likely wondered if your best years are behind you. You are not alone. Ryan Dunn hit 43 years old and decided that he wouldn't accept that his best days were behind him. So he's taken on three tasks to become the most badass version of himself, no matter what age he is. You can follow Ryan as he tries to dunk a basketball for the first time, get out of debt, and tries to remind himself to not take his most important relationships for granted. The BAD pod is a field of learning about becoming just an overall badass. You can follow Ryan on Instagram at the B-A-D-P-O-D. All right, let's jump right in. This is the Badass Dad Pod, the podcast that quests to show us our best lives lived right now, no matter what age we are. My name is Ryan Dunn, level two relationship ranger, level one gym warrior, level one debt mage, lawful good podmaster. My friend, I've leveled up on my relationship quest by doing new things with my family and engaging with them merely for their benefit. I managed to collect enough experience points to level up. And that means we'll be checking out a movie together. That's my level up reward. Got installed on my fitness quest. That's where I'm trying to lose weight, increase my explosiveness, and dunk a basketball. And that brings up our sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by the Fad Diet, currently sweeping the nation. It requires no exercise, it's super simple, and you're guaranteed not to feel hungry. It's the Flu Diet, and it's kicking ass for thousands of Americans. Listen to this testimonial from internet podcaster Ryan Dunn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I contracted the flu diet last weekend. First, I thought I was going to die. Then I kind of wished I would. But in the end, I lost seven pounds in one weekend. And all I had to do was lay flat on my back and maintain the will to live. Thanks, flu diet. If you're ready to try out this amazing diet, sweeping the nation, Send in for your free sample of Ryan's saliva or just go hang around your local elementary school and 
you'll likely contract something. Seriously, last weekend, it floored me. I did lose seven pounds thanks to that flu diet, but it's not the kind of pounds I wanted to lose. It's likely all muscle and water weight that came off. And, you know, just when I was starting to get a real kind of rip, you know, like for the first time in my life, I can tell that I have a bicep or pectoral and then the flu hits and now I look like a scarecrow that's lost its stuffing and sleeping 20 hours a day doesn't leave you with time for much else. So that's my excuse this time for having a late episode. So get on my back. Terry enough already. I, I don't know what that means, but anyways, it's time to talk about what this episode is about. We're like two minutes in. And I haven't pre-sold the goods. <laughs> I hate it when other podcasts do that. And here I am rambling on about my weekend instead of getting to the meat of the podcast sandwich here. And there I go again. This episode, this episode, here we go. This episode is a money episode. I haven't had one of those in a while. And thought it was time to talk money again. And value. And the value of money. And the value of money beyond dollars, cents, and the stuff it buys. More or less, the value of how we use money and how using it the right way increases its effectiveness for us. <laughs> that was a lot of roundabout talking. Uh, I might still be on flu meds, by the way. This episode is called Get More Money, but it's really about making your money go farther and some side hustle ideas. Got that? Of course you do. Late last year... That would have been about five months into my debt retirement quest. A strange thing happened. I stopped freaking out about money. Prior to that point, the end of the month was generally pretty anxiety-filled for me. That's when I would start thinking about paying rent and making credit card payments and getting all knotted up because we were always walking this fine line between having enough money to carry through and <laughs> falling flat on our faces in financial collapse. But that changed about five months ago. I think we were spending our money still, but what had happened is that we were so concentrated on spending money only on things that matter that other random expenditures that tended to suck up our account or suck it dry started falling away like random trips to Bojangles and their fine, fine biscuits. Those things began to naturally fall away because we've been hyper-focused on what brings real value to our lives, like trips to Sonic instead. <laughs> Just kidding, sort of. Instead, it might be a trip to Sonic for an ice cream treat after having just hiked five miles together as a family. You know, something that adds to the memory of a special endeavor together. But not a trip to Sonic just because it's Tuesday and we haven't been to Sonic in like three days. And we feel like going to Sonic is going to fill some hunger in our souls as well as our bellies. I think we found that Sonic does not fill our souls. Nor does Bojangles. Only Chick-fil-A can do that, amen? And <laughs> Just kidding. Chick-fil-A is also soul-eating chicken in the worst way. No, friend. Chicken aside... We found ourselves with more money, not because we focused on not spending money, but because we focused on spending money only on the things that truly matter. In so doing, 
we've increased the value of our money in relation to us. So yes, $5 is still $5. But the $5 I formerly spent on a grande peppermint mocha to sate my animal desire while I drove to work means less to me than the $5 I used to buy a used rule book for the Star Wars role-playing game my son and I are getting into. Make sense? The principle I'm espousing here is similar to the principle in play in dieting. The bottom line of dieting is this. If you consume fewer calories than you expend, you will lose weight. It actually doesn't really matter what kind of calories you consume. If you consume less than you use, you'll lose. So for me, being a tall guy who gets a fair amount of exercise when not laid up with the flu, uh, I can consume nearly 2,500 calories a day and lose weight. Now, knowing that, I could choose to consume my calories solely in the form of Sonic Blast and Bow Berries, and as long as I kept it under 2,500 calories, I'll lose weight. But because those are such calorie-dense foods, that's not a whole lot of food I would be getting for my calorie balance. Make sense? Nor is it nourishing at all. So I'll be hungry all the time and, and get diabetic and other things. But if I consume 2,500 calories of nourishing food like chicken, not from Chick-fil-A, spinach, and oatmeal, I'm going to feel full and pretty darn good. The idea is to choose to consume calories in a way that bring the most value to your body. That's what we want to do with our money. We only have a certain amount to spend, right? And we can spend it on things that leave us empty or on the things that fill us up. And when we fill up on the nourishing things, we don't miss the empty calorie money wasting things so much. I think that's been what's going on in my family and why the end of the month is now not feeling like such an anxious time. We're getting more value out of our money. Now, we've kind of like haphazarded our way there meaning we've organically grown through intentional efforts to focus on the things that truly bring us value. But you can be much more direct on your way to drawing out the value of your money. I came across this idea in a book called Get Money by Kristen Wong. It's totally worthwhile read. It's kind of like a survey 101 in personal money management. And she presented this idea for making some decisions on how to use discretionary money. I probably should back out here and tell the whole story. I believe it starts with an apocryphal conversation between Warren Buffett and his pilot. You know, the kind of conversations probably that you have with your pilot all the time. The pilot asked Warren what he should be concentrating on in order to advance his career. Yeah, you're nodding along now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that conversation. Right. Uh, Warren responded that the pilot should write down his top 25 professional goals. Of those, he should circle his top five. Warren said this makes two lists. The top five was list A, the other 20 were list B. The pilot should get after list A immediately and avoid or forget everything on list B. You can do a similar exercise in determining the best values for your dollars. Here's what Kristen Wong suggests. Make a list of 10 things you enjoy spending money on. For me, that would go like uh, coffee, records, camping supplies, uh, musical instruments, snacks, books, homemade meals, subscriptions, 
green gadgets, and breath mints. Why don't you take a moment and note about 10 things for yourself that you enjoy money on? It's okay. I'll wait. And if you don't want to feel anxious about it, then hit pause and take all the time you need. That's right. Pause me away. Do you have your list of 10 yet? Okay, cool. Let's go. Second part of this exercise, after you have your list, is this. Circle the three things on that list you enjoy spending money on the most. Now, the leftovers, the uncircled items, are what are important here. They are the list of things you want to avoid at all costs. They are the empty calories of your budgetary diet. So don't worry about the money you spend on your top three. I mean, you know, let's be reasonable. If one of your top three is luxury yachts, it doesn't mean to simply go nuts. But what you chiefly want to focus on is not spending money on your uncircled seven. So for me, I'm avoiding snacks, musical instruments, books, because I can get some at the library for free, uh, breath mints, green gadgets, subscriptions, and for now, camping supplies. So homemade meals, coffee, and records, they're fair game. The other stuff, avoid them like they're the carriers of the diet craze sweeping the nation. Seriously, avoid them like the flu. You might still be spending money on coffee and records, but you'll feel like there's more money at hand because you're spending it on stuff that actually matters. I suppose in the end, you are spending less money because you've knocked out seven incidental expenses, and yet you've done so without leaving yourself feeling like you're under some super austere draconian budget measures. It's like eating good, nutritious food. You feel full. It's easy. It's fun. You can gamify this idea. Every time you pass up one of your flu-like seven money grabbers, give yourself an experience point. And by the way, if you want more info on the gamifying thing, my last two episodes go way into depth on that. That's uh, episodes, um, well, <laughs> numbers aren't helpful. Uh, that's episode leveling up on relationships and gamify your life. It's a cool idea I've grabbed onto about how to seize fun gaming ideas as means for motivation. Totally works for now, and I'm having a blast, becoming more of a badass. All right, we've talked about feeling fuller on a budget. Spend money only on things that matter, and your money will go further. But what if you just straight up want more money? The most accessible source of money for many of us is through our employers. And it involves asking them for more money, either through a pay raise or through overtime pay. Salaried employees like me don't get overtime. But if it's an option for you, ask your employer how you might be able to help the company with some added time on the clock and grab some more dough. If the pay raise is the way to go, here are some tips for asking for a raise. First, let me note this. It never works to passively, aggressively ask for a raise. That's been my default negotiating method. Most notably, I took on a second job once while working with a previous employer. It was a tough hustle. 
I would get up super early, go to work at a home improvement store, then go to my, you know, quote unquote normal job. I think I had this idea that they would notice how ragged I was and decide it was time to pay me more. Well, it didn't work. So don't count on that. Best course of action is to be upfront and ask for more compensation, but do so in a positive people honoring manner. The first hurdle is to set up a meeting to talk compensation. <laughs> That's intimidating, right? I find that when it's time to enter into a tough topic like that, it's best to be coolly authentic. So I might send a note saying something to the effect of, quote, I'd like to set up a short meeting to discuss my compensation. Does this time work for you? End quote. Don't add in things that could be seen as implied threats like, I'd like to discuss my compensation and my future with this company. Just be real. You want to meet with your supervisor to discuss the possibility of more pay. That's it. Rip it off like a band-aid. Then do your homework. You want a few key pieces of information. First is the going rate of compensation for people who do work like you. Using a salary calculator helps. Glassdoor is a pretty trusted website and has a rather robust calculator, but there are plenty out there. You may simply be able to arm yourself with the info that you're not making the industry average and take that into the meeting with you. The second key piece of info you'll want for your meeting relates to you. What have you accomplished that warrants a raise? Give them a reason to pay you more. What key things have you done? How have you helped the company? You'll need to brag on yourself. You'll not want to enter armed only with, I feel like it's time, I got a raise. When you do have the actual conversation, be gracious. Your conversation may begin with something like this. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me today. In my current role, I'm excited to keep working towards key company goals and grow my personal responsibilities. As a result, I'd like to discuss my salary. Based on some of the research I've done, which includes looking at a number of averages for my job title and you know comparable, comparable roles in the metro area around here, and my years of experience and my skill set, I think a salary increase of X percent is appropriate. In the time since my last salary adjustment, I've worked on several company initiatives that have added a lot of value. And for instance, in the last few months, I did this wonderful thing. These achievements have made me ready for a raise. Does it sound fair to you? At no point should this become an ultimatum. It's not like buying a car. So don't say, give me this or I walk. Be nice and smile. So that's the raise talk. So to get more money, add value to what you got, then see your employer. Uh, the final way of getting more is to get a side hustle. <laughs> I started looking at this online and it's obvious that side hustling is a millennial and Gen Z world. This Gen Xer isn't fashion flipping or babysitting as a side hustle. Not because these jobs are beneath me, not at all, but because I have no credibility in those areas. So the following are some Gen X approved, or at least like what I feel like I might do as a side hustle for this middle-aged guy. Are you ready for this? Okay, number one, ride sharing. Of course, you need to pass the grade as a driver 
and a car owner like my dog here and to use Subaru isn't going to cut it. But if you have the wheels and the will, this is a pretty bona fide way to grab some extra cash at your leisure. And from what I understand, you get to make your own hours. So it can really be a goodie. Uh, number two, grocery shop for people. Publix, one of the grocery chains around here, has declared they now offer grocery delivery through a company called Instacart. Well, Instacart is a service where people like you and me are hired to go get other people's groceries. And I should probably actually just roll any kind of food delivery service into this realm. You get hired for bringing food and necessities to people. Regular people do that all the time. Another great way of bringing in some extra cash. Uh, number three, flip your stuff. <laughs> Face it, you're old, man. You've accumulated quite a few things. So declutter, sell off that excess stuff. You don't need it. And you'll save your kids from having to dispose of it for you someday. So, so host a garage sale or online yard sale or something and sell that stuff off. Facebook Marketplace can be a pretty convenient place for flipping out old things. You just need to be prepared to like do the whole delivery thing. And sometimes that involves the mail. Other times it means meeting up behind the burning dumpster in the old Kmart lot. So just be ready. Number four, create content about stuff you know and make money from it. This isn't an instant success type thing. Like just because you start putting out a blog or a podcast about becoming a badass dad doesn't mean that people are automatically listening to what you have to say and paying money for it. But it might bring you a few dollars this year. So create a blog about stuff you know and then list the blog with an ad selling service. Now, I haven't done this, so I can't give you a ton of recommendations about what's good. You'll have to do your own research there, but it's a thing. People do it and they earn some money from it. You might be asking, hey, Ryan, you have a website. Why have you not done this? And that is because there are many ways to produce revenue through a web presence. I do hope to begin gaining a profit from my own content creations related to the Badass Dad Pod, but I'm currently on a different route, or at least choosing a different route. I hope to someday sell premium content, like a book, for example. So I don't want someone else's ads cluttering my space and possibly devaluing my brand and message. And I can also claim the punk rock thing. You know, I'm in this for the message, man, not the money. Hey, let me grab this opportunity to say that if you want to show your support for all things Bad Pod, I would love to have it. So go to your podcast listening service and leave a positive rating and review. And if your podcast listening service doesn't allow for ratings and reviews, then go to one that does and leave one there. Thank you. Uh, number five, you can also make money by producing content for other people, either through contract or freelance blogging, transcribing, or data input. Fiverr, that's uh, five and then two R's, is a good place to surf around for those kinds of gigs. There's also Upwork, Bark, and Guru. There are other freelance clearinghouse sites. You can make quite a bit from those sites, I hear. I actually do have some experience in this one. I dove into freelance writing a while back. And the challenge that I had is that even though I'm a writer, 
writing for a different client each time on a subject that I'm not always all that familiar with comes with a rather steep curve. So I was finding that I had to spend a lot of time in research, which means that the writing projects were somewhat time intensive. A lot of these projects, they pay out per word, not per like hour invested. So if you spend a lot of time developing like I did, then you may not have a great rate. Make sense? Uh, of course it does. You get me. Are you a software coder? Well, this is number six. If you are, jobs are waiting for you. Quit listening. Get to work. Unless you're listening while you work, you brilliant dual tasker. In that case, don't stop listening. You're awesome. All this is to say that people are looking for coders to input code for them whenever they can. Uh, number seven, rent out stuff you own. Those nice classy items you got, they mean value to other people too. And the shared economy thing is really taking over. So you can rent out your car when you're not using it. You can rent out space in your house, you know, Airbnb. You can rent out your sweet camera equipment. If it's valuable, you can probably rent it out. And then number eight, invest. Of course, the trick with this one is that you actually need some money in order to do this to begin with, but this is a great side hustle in putting your money to work while you work. And index funds are the best introductory way to get started in investing. However, got a note on this, you're not likely to get a big hit on an index fund. This is a long, slow burn way of making money. So be patient. Let the money settle, and you'll start seeing some returns while you do nothing but lay around. It's almost as effective as the flu diet. All right, that is a pretty full list. Hey, thank you so much for listening. In this podcast, Rich Economy, it means a lot that you would listen this far into an episode. And also, thanks for waiting for this episode. I'm going to try super, super hard not to get the flu again. I promise, for your sake and really for mine. My name is Ryan Dunn. I produce, write, edit all the things on this podcast except for the music, which is by IOLN. For more ideas on becoming a badass physically, financially, and relationally, check out thebadpod.com. New content appears there every week, even when I'm sick. Don't forget rate and review, please. Thanks and okay, bye.